Daydreaming About Dragons. Hey folks, this is Judd, and I wanted to talk about something that I noticed in going over Trophy Gold. Uh, Trophy Gold is a recently kickstarted RPG by Jesse Ross, and I started playing it, and I'm enjoying it. Uh, I'm, I'm contributing to the Kickstarter and, and uh, contributing an incursion, which I've started to write. It's a lot of fun. And I played for the second time uh, this past weekend. And I want to talk about an interesting thing. In Trophy Gold, there's a thing that you make as the players encounter new monsters called the bestiary. And the players contribute to it, and they can uh, pay gold to uh, do research on their monsters and, and learn their weaknesses. Uh, <clears throat> kind of like in their downtime type of thing. And... Unless, the, of course, the weaknesses are uncovered in play, and then they can just write in the weakness. And maybe we could reverse engineer that, and they could, uh, no, pupper cat, do not chew on that plant. Uh, and they could sell weaknesses that they know for a gold. So that's kind of interesting. Anyway, what I like about it is it is something outside of the characters that's almost greater than them, right? They're, they're contributing to making this tome a monster manual or fiend folio, if you will, to keep other delvers and and adventurers safe, or you know, their 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 siblings, their their colleagues. I think that's kind of cool to be making something bigger than yourself, especially if you have one of those like big games where sometimes the players don't necessarily interact with one another, but they will be interacting with this tome. You know, maybe there are footnotes. You know, I like the idea of it being a living document in game, maybe even a notebook if it's a face-to-face game where, where you're just writing by hand and like writing little things in the you know marginalia and pictures and, and, and cool stuff. Uh, and I just like the idea of the players all contributing to something bigger than them, uh, bigger than their own characters. I think that's a neat, a neat concept. And it also kind of covers you if there's a total party kill, right? Because suddenly the bestiary is still out there somewhere. So got a total party kill, which I feel like a lot of people have a lot of fear and anxiety about. Cool. Clear the table. Make new characters. Hey, you found this bestiary. You know, it was written years ago by these adventurers who seem to have disappeared. The last thing they wrote is that they were going to this crypt. And then they were never seen or heard from again. And you bought this uh, tome from some half-drunk caravan guard. Now it's yours. What do you do with it? You know? What, what bits and pieces, what clues to the old party's personality are in the bestiary? That's cool. That's kind of fun. That's a neat thing. Are there other copies around? Did it get, did it get, uh, you know, did it get copied and, and read? And, and is there a mythology around it now? Right? So even if the players didn't do anything in the game, all that great. Even if they just went out, adventured a couple times, and then perished. Suddenly there's this book that they made. Suddenly that becomes great. I think that's kind of neat. It's a fun idea. What else could we do? Because, I mean... You could do it science fiction too, right? It could be a, a website or a data disk or, or, or something. 
uh, a series of holograms the players contribute to. And then if something happens to them or their ship, that data is still out there. Definitely the librarian in me, right, is, is, is the part of me that's digging this. But also the, the adventurer in me, you know, the, the, the person who wants, I, I like the idea of writing down this information. Uh, and and thinking about it. It's a cool way to reflect on the game. What wondrous beasts did we interact with? Right? And it doesn't even have to be beasts. It could be bandits. Hey, if you if you encounter bandits in the tomb hills, know that they're bribable. They're pretty reasonable. You know, but if you if you are over in the in the Golden Mountains, those bandits they're monsters. They're practically cannibals. They're like right on the urge of going full cultist cannibal. They will not take prisoners. Do not surrender. They will not just leave you, you know, with no shoes out, out, in, the, out in the forest. They will, they will take a limb. It's a cool way to build mythology, you know? And, and I love the idea of a huge group where not everybody's seeing each other, but they get to see what everybody is writing in this bestiary. You know, there's a group tome that everybody comes back to. And that's fun. You can even make it magic, right? Could be that tomes in different parts of the world. It's a, it's a networked tome, right? So that where there are tomes in different parts of the world, but they, they update. They update as long as the satellites are in place, which is a fun science fantasy idea, too. You know, uh, I had a, 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 a game, a burning wheel game, and the, there were these swords called true swords, and they were clearly artificial intelligence, right? That's clearly how I was playing them. The players knew, but the characters didn't know because uh, they were coming from a more medieval fantasy mindset. And it was really fun, you know, playing these networked swords that could talk to one another. I love science fantasy stuff. And the Beast Jerry kind of reminds me of that. You know, what if you had this networked tome where everyone could, where these, the, where every, everyone around the world who's encountering monsters could discuss it? This long, this kind of larger conversation is going on. Maybe there's a role through the mechanics where you can check and see if there's anything written about those monsters before you go out into the wilderness. You know, goblins of the old forest. You know, anything we should know about them? Yeah, they're going to pretend to surrender and then try to stab you in the face. It's just what they always do. It's a a tradition. Cool. Good to know. Good to know. Don't accept if they surrender. Check them for knives. Check them for knives because they're going to try to stab you. That way you're ready for it. So that's my idea. The idea of players contributing to something bigger than them. So let me know. Let me know if you've got some kind of in-game item or device that the players are creating uh, that, that is kind of a record of play. You know, it gets back to the artifact stuff we were talking about. A lot of fun. Let me know if that's happening at your table. I'd love to hear more about it. All right. Let's get to the inspiration goat. Cool. So I want to talk about the TV show on HBO called 
Be Foreigners, which is a Norwegian crime drama. Are you still with me? Still with me? Has a little bit of a science fiction vibe to it because what's happening in this in this uh, in the city of Oslo and all around the world, I, I assume, is that people are zapping in from the past and are ending up in the modern day. And so they there's definitely a a obvious metaphor towards immigrants and immigrations immigration and, and how these folks are treated and uh, and and the the uh, temporalism that they deal with as opposed to racism, right? Uh, treating them poorly because they come from another time. Some of them are prehistoric. Some of them are medieval. Some of them are uh, kind of Victorian. And it's interesting. I don't necessarily want to talk about... What I want to talk about it is the rhythm of it because it doesn't end... I mean, I think it's going for more noir detective tropes, right? And noir detective tropes don't necessarily have to end on some big fight because I was definitely kind of ready for that. Um, it ended on kind of a somber note, and it reminded me of the game I played the earlier, earlier uh, in the weekend where I was playing a game, and I was playing with a couple of guys I know who, are, who usually play Pathfinder. And I think, I suspect... But there is a rhythm to their, to their Pathfinder game. And there was a point in the game, we were getting kind of towards the end, and this one player was getting really active and, like, making sure that things were safe and making sure that everything was tied down. Even things I had said, hey, this is tied up. It's trying to get free, but it's not able to. He double-checked. I told him it was free. And he said, like, I'm just getting ready for the big bad fight at the end. And I was like, how interesting. Uh, that there was this kind of call to action where he was just, he wasn't trying to like prepare for the fight and like get his weapons ready. Hey, my, my axe is out. Although his axe was out because he thought, he was sure there was going to be a fight. He was trying to prevent the fight from happening, which I think is super interesting. And he was close to dying. So th that could have been a, you know, an aspect of it. And, and healing isn't clear. So, and he, well, healing isn't done during the adventure, let's say. So, how interesting I thought, uh, and 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 I, you know, in the time between then and now, that game and now, I watched the end of Beforeners, and it ends on this somber, emotionally good, but like this kind of somber note, and very noir, but it's not You know, it reminded me of, of the way things, different stories have different expectations, right? Uh, I don't know if you've ever played in, in like a boffer LARP where people are hitting each other with swords, but you can definitely, there's like the 10 o'clock monster, right? That's like almost a cliche of the boffer LARP world where at 10 o'clock there's the big attack where the big bad guys and all the NPCs run out and there's a big attack. And, and the player in the, in, the, in the game I was running was preparing for the, the 10 o'clock attack, LARP attack, right? We weren't LARPing, but his usual rhythm is, hey, you know, it's almost done. It hasn't been a big, bad fight. Uh, clearly there has to be, and there doesn't. That's not the way that the adventure was written. That's not the way I run games. Uh, there doesn't have to be a fight. I don't like, I'm not particularly great at designing encounters, but I'm pretty good at designing adventures and creating a situation that I don't know how the players are going to get in or out of.
Well, I know how they're going to get into it. They're going to make a character. That's how they get into the situation. Because I say, hey, make a character who's a delver who's going to go into a crypt to save some, you know, save some folks for gold or you know, look for treasure, whatever. But so I can get them in, but I'm not there to get them out. You know, maybe they both die. That's fine. That's fine. I don't mind if my, the characters are, are a cautionary tale. I'm, I'm not here to make my players feel like heroes. I'm not here to curate a perfect evening. I'm here to have fun with my players. And, and I think, and I hope that they think, and if not, then we know to go our separate ways, that a cool, bloody cautionary tale is super fun. I'm down with it, especially if next week we get to make heroes to go in and find out what happened to our cautionary tale player characters, right? It doesn't have to be the end. I, 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 total party kills are all right. It doesn't need to be a, a woeful bit of tragedy. And if it is a woeful bit of tragedy, that's okay. Sometimes games are tragic. But I just thought it was really interesting watching a player get used to the, another story's rhythm and react to that and, and, and act on that. Uh, I thought that was really, really fascinating. And, and I think it's something worth thinking about. Uh, definitely, I've had games end, like, for example, with, uh, with the Blue Coats game. It ended on almost a question, right? What is Maya Tui going to do now? She has this knife that can, do, that can change the world. What is she going to do? And, and we kind of ended on the question of, like, I'm not sure. And that's okay. That's okay. Lauren didn't really want to make that decision right now. If we play again, we can kind of play to find out what happened. And I like that idea. Uh, not every question has to be answered. Not every fight has to be fought. Not every night has to end with a huge fight. You know, maybe they, maybe they got rid of the fight. Maybe they stopped it before it happened. Who knows? Who knows? So let me know if stuff, stuff like that has happened to you where you've, you're, you're, you feel a player ramping up for a rhythm that, that you're not used to and you know, start to react. Because I imagine it could also be, I mean, in this case, it wasn't a trauma, right? It wasn't a bad thing. He was just getting ready for the big fun fight, which is fine. Uh, and I just had to, what I, so just to be clear, what I did was I was like, hey, man, I don't think there's a big bad fight coming. Like, I don't, I don't, it could happen. Like, things, th th things happen, and, and it might happen, but it's not definitely going to happen. I don't have some, 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 thing written like that. Uh, it might happen because the dice say it happened. It might happen because you do something that draws danger to you and circumstances demand that I, I, I get it to happen. But, oh, pup or cat, I'm so sorry. But it doesn't necessarily have to happen. So be foreigners. I recommend it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, cool show. And let me know what you think of it. Let me know how game rhythms have worked or not worked in your games.
and I will see you next week. I don't think I'm going to have a midweek reply show this week, though I might. Uh, I might, I might. I'm going to try. But the week after this, I should definitely have both a Sunday show and a midweek reply show. Okay? All right. And if you want to know how to contact me, more on that will be in the outro, which starts in three, two, one, outro. One more thing, one more thing before we get to the outro about bee foreigners. Uh, in the first episode, there is a bee plot about sexual abuse that is never seen from again in the rest of the series. And you don't see actual abuse happen on screen, but you hear about it. There is violence in the history of it. Uh, I just wanted that clear. It, the, there are a couple of ugly lines about it where a character who is not very nice says you know, terrible things because he's a terrible person. Uh, if that's going to ruin your day, give it a skip. Maybe give just the first episode a skip. Because uh, it's never heard from again, and it's kind of a damn shame. I, I didn't think it was really, strictly speaking, necessary at all. So, disappointing. There it is. I don't want any TV show to ruin your night. Especially nowadays. We, had, we have enough stress. All right, be well. Let's get to the outro now. Thank you so much for listening to this uh, show. I really appreciate it. There are three primary ways to support me, but there's only really one way to support me these days, uh, and that is to send me an email. Uh, my email address is judd.carlman, K-A-R-L-M-A-N, at gmail.com, uh, or you can tweet at me, uh, J-U-D-D underscore of underscore K-R-Y-O-S. Uh, my, my Twitter is in the show notes, my Twitter link. So if you've listened to the show and it has made you think about something or reminded you of something or made you want to say something, I'd love to hear it. Uh, critique with love is always appreciated. So send it my way. Usually I say you can buy a, a, a copy of the Dictionary of Moo, which is my supplement, or you can uh, support me with money. But these days I would prefer if you were going to do that, uh, please Go to your local food bank and, and support them. Uh, I'm sure they're, they're pretty stressed right about now. Things are kind of rough, and I would like us to just be looking out for one another. Uh, if you do that, I'd love to hear about it. So drop me a line and say, hey, you, you said this. I was going to give you some money because I liked what you had to say, and I gave it to my food bank instead. I would love to know that this wonderful hobby of nonsense and, and myth and magic and wonder is uh, helping make the world a little bit of a better place uh, other than just by enriching us and making us think so and making us imagine so if you do that please give me a please give, you know drop, drop me a line and I've got to feed my cat she is she is restless and I'll see you next week be well be safe if you can if your job allows it, stay in and uh, wash your hands. You know how it is. <laughs>